Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing fine good. and ready for a new week. A new week. And we have dual problems that we have been discussing, and more, more hot news. A lot of times things seem to be settled, and you think, well, maybe the world's getting better, but it's just a lull. <laughs> right now, today, I don't think there's much lull because there's still a lot of antagonism and competition and fighting and a misunderstanding about COVID. And, of course, uh, it might be, some people might say, Pat Buchanan was sort of favorable of, uh, the, the, that the war was ending in Afghanistan. Yeah. And I feel that way, too. But there's so many <laughs> but, buts yeah. in there. But uh, anyway, uh, it, it's something that we will keep up with. And there's activity in both places. But, you know, I want to talk a little bit about something very generalized. It was a subject that came up during the presidential election. And, and they really... Uh, I, I think put me specifically, how do you handle this? And I had a, uh, a, a, a widow come up and talk about her loss of her husband to show that, uh, what are you going to do? How can you prove to them that this loss of life is not in vain? Yeah. Well, quite frankly, it's difficult to do that because yeah. unless the, the right thing uh, comes of all this, uh, it can be lost in vain. I mean, how many hundreds of thousands of people die in war? And, uh, and when they talk, when our side talks about it, it's the American citizens, which is very, very tragic. Uh, but then there are hundreds of thousands that died at the hands of our bombing. Uh, so that has to be considered. But uh, some people say just, uh, uh, you know, praise the military and there's a lot of that thank you for your service you are a hero you went over there and everything you did was to defend the constitution everything you did was to defend our liberties and we thank you for it and <clears throat> i think i've never i've never liked that mainly because i was on the receiving end of those compliments and i didn't I, believe that I had uh, anything to do by being in the military, yeah. uh, what they were saying. So I would question that uh, for my, you know, thanking me for my service. I, I, it's hard, I hardly could claim a lot of credit for volunteering for the front lines, you know, when they took me out of my medical residency. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, but they, they want us to see anybody that ever died and, and lost their lives, that uh, it was a... Um, uh, a worthy sacrifice. It's uh, and and uh, a great patriotic act uh, to do, to do this. And uh, in many ways, I think this uh, this effort to really put them on a pedestal is to hide the truth of things. Could it be possible that people do die in war in vain? Especially if the war nobody knows about it. It really raises the question with all the death and destruction, if you add it all up, uh, it's easier to add up the money, and that's outrageous. But uh, the, uh, the, the, loss of, the loss of life, you know, in these past 20 years just in, in Afghanistan, this is a big issue. And uh, quite frankly, I think that uh, they, they, um, uh, they do this for their own, uh, own emotional problem because the people who do that the most are the ones who were most responsible and supportive of the war. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, and they, if, they, if they say, yeah, 
I, I'm sorry I did that. We shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't have voted for this. We should have brought them back home. Uh, they'd, ha they'd end up with a little bit of guilt, uh, which was experienced by Walter Jones, and he changed his tune. But I think the only way you can seek out and get a little bit of sense out of all this is not to turn it around and say in every decision made by the politicians and every event that the, the uh, military made, uh, you know, we had the me lies of uh, numerous occasions and most of the time not reported, that, uh, that they don't want to have to suffer the guilt. So if everybody who went was a, was a great, great hero, uh, then there's nothing to be guilty about. And uh, a lot of times in this type of debate, it was turned they tried to turn it against me as being the one that uh, caused the suffering, mm -hmm. you know, and because I wasn't supportive of the troops. Uh, I made the point, though, that uh, if that is the case, why did uh, I get more support from the troops than all the rest put together? Yeah. And so I think this, this whole idea of dying in vain, uh, it, it has to be canceled out. But uh, you will, even today, you will see some articles saying, look, just admit the truth. Uh, people lose their lives and they die in vain. But I say the only way you can prevent it from having so many people die is that there's an honest uh, change in direction and understanding in foreign policy, that you decide that type of foreign policy, especially since World War II, that has been going on, there has been little purpose in it, it has not saved our Constitution, it has not saved our liberty, and uh, to justify this and say that if you don't support that attitude, uh, you're guilty of participating in it. So I would say this should be a call to arms and say, look, what we need to do is uh, change our foreign policy, and of course that's what we talk about mostly on the program. Yeah, and the article we're talking about that's kind of inspiring this discussion is Doug Bandow, who's an old friend of ours, and it's on antiwar.com, you know, urge people to, to have a look at it, because it is a very difficult issue. And the fact is, you know, uh, Doug's article is called, Yes, They Did Die in Vain, uh, something on those lines. The reality is, Dr. Paul, this is a bitter pill to swallow especially for families, and it's a very bitter pill Boy. to swallow. But the medicine does pr pr provide a cure. It doesn't bring back the loved ones, of course, but the cure it provides is to move people toward non-interventionism. It's terrible and tragic if you lose a loved one, but you can do everything that you can to prevent it from happening from someone else, and that might give a little bit more hope to people. But, you know, they say you don't respect the troops if you say they died in vain. Well. By and large, to a large, large degree, the troops all serve with honor in all of these conflicts overseas. There are some bad apples, but the troops serve with honor. But who didn't serve with honor are all the generals, all the feckless generals, all the military contractors falsely bumping up the prices on things, all of the CIA people, uh, the top CIA people who lied through their teeth. These are the ones who didn't serve with honor. So yes. The, the service members were honorable, but they were not led by honorable men. You know, uh, there's a little story, a little, a small story, but a, a big issue, and that is that uh, in this effort, and uh, I know it's dangerous to even hint 
that you uh, don't uh, hate Biden 100 percent of the time <laughs> and give him no credit, uh, regardless of his motivation. I don't know those yeah. of, uh, for, for your coming out. And maybe the we've criticized the way it was done. But anyway, uh, the war is ending and others have said it for a long time. Others have thought that it was a good war and that thing goes on. But today, in the midst of this, where we think things are improving, maybe we will leave. I'm not convinced we will really leave because I still think our empire is, is alive and well. Uh, I would say alive, but maybe not so well because our empire, fortunately, is getting weaker. And that should be helpful to our Constitution yeah. and helpful, uh, you know, to our liberties. But the, the story I just want to briefly mention is that... Uh, in in the midst of that, we we had we did some bombing, and supposedly it was to stop uh, Al Qaeda and ISIS from you know uh, impeding us and dropping more bombs and causing trouble. But one of our bombs didn't quite do that. That's there's a lot of mistakes. But you, you know when you're in war, especially if it's an undeclared war and a war we shouldn't be in, you're still responsible. But t ten people were killed, seven of them were children, yeah. and. Um, uh, from one of um, Americans' bombs, and so when that stops, then we'll know we're making progress. But uh, it looks like it's going to continue for a while. Let's just hope that uh, we don't go back to having thousands of troops uh, in Afghanistan. But that remains to be seen. And this is the sick idea that really, unfortunately, it's a real virus in America too. The idea that just dropping bombs or throwing missiles it doesn't have any consequences because we don't see it here because they've not done that to us here, thankfully, in a, in a long time. But, you know, the, the, what they tell us that, yes, we had a surgical strike that took out some high-profile planners of the suicide bombing that killed all of these people, uh, including 13 U.S. military personnel. And they said, okay, well, who were they? Well, we're not going to tell you. Okay, well, well, I guess we just believe you, right? No, we don't believe them. Uh, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But what we do know is that they also killed a bunch of innocent people and we won't show the pictures because it's so sad to see these young children that were killed by these bombs. And it's just, it's stupid like Trump. There was a lot of pressure on Biden. Hey, you got to retaliate for this attack. Okay, we got to hit something just like Trump did after the fake chemical attack in Duma. Okay, send some missiles in. I want to show them that I'm tough. Well, look what you did. You destroyed some people's lives. You know, yeah. good for you. It's terrible. No, no way. Um, I want to mention this, this, this issue is, is a political issue, which is uh, something how this war is going to linger for a while. Uh, because, you know, our immigration problems have lingered and get, getting much worse. And there's all kinds of arguments against open borders and people coming in. So and that that's, uh, you know, also compounded by uh, COVID lockdowns, too. Yeah. And and why sometimes Americans are more mistreated with lockdown than uh, illegal immigrants coming in that get free hotel rooms. I mean, yeah. the whole policy is crazy. But uh, the uh, there. I believe there will be a backlash, and there's been some people that have written, even in political, Biden, Biden winds down Afghanistan. 
a refugee backlog looms at home. Yeah. So I, I really believe that is the case because when you look at the massive number of people and, and, the, and we don't see them all now, I bet they weren't even happy about the thousands of people collected that they all knew that they were coming uh, to this country. Yeah. And then, then, then there's really an honest conflict between the people who want to and, ex and, and feel compassion for people like this, you know, but it's of course the consequence of these wars that yeah. go on. But uh, that, but I think re regardless of the pros and cons of all this, I think what's uh, uh, this I issue along with our borders is going to be maybe the very biggest issue for next year uh, because it's all coming together and, and the economic system is going to be much worse then and it's all going to come together. Now, should that mean uh, that, oh, I guess we'll be okay next year. The Republicans are going to take over. Yeah. There will be no more wars. There will be prosperity and there will be pro balanced budgets and there will be protection of civil liberties. <laughs> Tragically, I don't have high hopes for that. The only silver lining in this you know, this uh, refugee fiasco, this disaster, and I don't hold up high hopes either, Dr. Paul, but maybe some Republicans will start to wake up. Gosh, all the wars that we support overseas, gosh, they ruin people's lives, and those people all want to come over here. And it's, you know, morally, it's questionable whether we should even deny them because we are the ones who broke the country up, you know, but at the same time, you know, anti-immigration people, Republicans, if you don't want to have these plane loads of refugees, stop supporting wars. Simple. I want to follow up on what I was saying is the humanitarian instinct, when I see them and the tragedy and people dying and just begging and pleading to live in a free country. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a, they don't I, come here then. We don't have a free country. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but if, if, if you are a humanitarian and you really care about people, you need to start sooner. Yeah. It's the starting of the war 20 years ago that caused this trouble. It's not, it's not because all of a sudden, uh, you know, there's an effort for bringing our troops home. So that's, that's not the cause. Uh, and, and if you're a humanitarian, you should lean on the side of doing what you can to avoid these kind of wars. Yeah. Well said. Well, and it's a related thing, which is the Taiwan situation, I think, is what you had. Uh, what you had next is uh, this yes, crazy Yes, you know, goal. Taiwan is uh, something that's been around for a long time because uh, I remember the debates uh, in 1960, I guess that was Kennedy and Nixon, and the big issue after the debate was what would you do if China uh, took over Kimoy and At Matsu? Well, first off is uh, why do we care? <laughs> you know, why should we be involved? Are those islands, you know, going to save the world? But anyway, it was a it was a big deal. So the, the argument is still going on here. And uh, somebody because we sent ships, uh, you know, through through the Taiwan Straits, just in the midst of all this yeah. other nonsense going on. And I, I made made a comment. I said they sent uh, the Navy and Coast Guard ships through the Straits. I said, what, are, are they mixed up on their geography? Yeah. I thought the Coast Guard was there to protect our coast. You know, maybe maybe protect our borders, you know. Now that's oh, overtaken no. by events. We're over there provoking, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and of, course, of course, it's easy to do now because uh, in spite of the many, many flaws in China, uh, 
you, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't think they're begging and pleading for war or on a, on a verge of, of war, like uh, some of the people say. So they want to justify this. We got to be prepared for the next war, yeah, <laughs> you know, that we have to spend more money. Of course, we spend about three times more than the Chinese spend already. Yeah. Well, you had those polling numbers. That was that headline is pretty amazing on this piece here. Oh, yeah, you know, the, um, they did a poll on this, and this is, this is disappointing, but uh, who knows what it was 10, months, 10 years ago or what it is now. And that is, it says that half of the Americans are supportive of uh, immediately going, to, they say, to, to help the Taiwanese. That means going to war. To defend Taiwan. Well, why don't they say what it means? And, and that would be insane. And, uh, of course, the last time we went to war in Korea, uh, in the Chinese, there was no discussion. It was done under a UN resolution. Yeah. We, we think it's bad now, but can you imagine, uh, well, they do it now. They go into a NATO resolution or the UN, uh, you know, confirmation of this. So, uh, but this is, uh, you, you know, when we were fighting the battle of trying to stop these wars in the Middle East, uh, originally, most Americans were really on our side. They didn't want to go in, but then the propaganda started pouring out how horrible these people were, and that uh, uh, Saddam Hussein had a nuclear weapon, yeah. and they showed us the airplane, and how sure. it was going to haul that nuclear weapon in. So, you know, that, uh, that propaganda does work. And uh, finally, people's attitude, they were supportive of it. We had to do it, because if you didn't do it, you weren't patriotic, yeah. and, you know, you want to be patriotic. And I, I would say the best test for a, a good patriot is to whether or not he will honestly challenge uh, his government yeah. when they're doing the wrong thing. Well, <laughs> you know, I guess if over half of Americans are in favor of defending Taiwan, we shouldn't stand in their way. Why don't we send that half of America to Taiwan? They can join the military there, and they can defend Taiwan, and the rest of us normal people can get on with our lives. But you're you're speaking like a libertarian. Uh -oh. You know, we should have no prohibitions. Yeah. No, go for it. Now, if we if true if American people wanted to pack up and go and help something, it depends on whose side you're on. Yeah. You know, if uh, if you packed up and you said, "Well, I'm going overseas uh, to defend the Palestinians," yeah. uh, you might get into a little bit of trouble. You know. Yeah. So. Anyway. Well, all these tough guys who are answering this way should take a look at the pictures of those guys that were killed in that suicide attack and reflect for a little bit, a little bit of time about war. But I guess we're we moving over to COVID stuff now, or do we have some more? Yeah, no, I have one, one thing here that Gary North sent me uh -huh. about. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah This yeah, is such great. an irony. You know, we, uh, we messed up the, the government school systems. Yeah. And people who deny that are in denial. In denial. And uh, they send the kids off. Uh, then they have prohibition. And then they have masks and all kinds of things and then the kids suffer from this everybody knows what the complications are and uh actually the strongest support for the lockdowns and the masks have been the school uh, the unionized teachers they, oh, yeah. they they were pushing it but uh the other thing is is when they're trying to move back in and get these schools open again uh, people have been conditioned and they have partial regulation so in places what they're doing is the kids are playing hooky Good and the them. parents maybe are holding them back. Yeah. And so there's not enough kids in school. Not that they care about the kids, but guess what it is? It's counting them up at the end of the month to send the bill to the government to get reimbursed per child. Yeah. And, and that is too much. So it pays them now 
to, they create the problem of why the kids are, are playing hooky. So they hire, they have to hire more truant officers to go out and even superintendents of schools where this one story occurred, uh, are out there gathering people up and putting them back to school. And you know, that's a long way from uh, volunteerism that we believe in that uh, people shouldn't be uh, threatened with imprisonment if they uh, uh, don't go to the public school. Yeah, the sick part is they want to collect that money. That's all they care about, collecting the money and indoctrinating the kids. It's too bad the parents that are smart enough to keep their kids home can't have that money sent to them so they can use it, spend it wisely. But here's a solution that I think our friend Gary North would also like, which is ronpaulcurriculum.com, right? <laughs> yes. If you want to give your kid a better education and not have him be his mind destroyed by some woke monster, Check that out. Well, you know, uh, this is, I'm going to re read a headline here that is part of the, the problems, you know, how, they, how these things get started and kids don't want to go to school. It says, judge strips Chicago mother of parental rights for not being vaccinated. This is Nazi stuff. You, you know, otherwise her kids can't go to school. Yeah, this is total uh, Nazi stuff. And, and, and I've had some people that I would have never dreamed would be in that position of saying you have to protect the common health of all the people <laughs> and uh, you have to destroy uh, really destroy their liberties and destroy their health as well and if it worked which it doesn't you might even listen but the fact is they're saying you got to do all this stuff and then we're seeing more and more that it's not working like they said it would work. Well, maybe Greece will help wake us up, you know. So yeah, there, there was some, we have actually later on, we have yeah, some okay. clips from great protests. But we want to talk a little bit about uh, a couple of <coughs> countries. And this next one, if we can put that first clip up, um, we talked about this a little offline, Dr. Paul, but this is, this is Israel. If we can put up that first picture. And this is just a tweet. This is from, uh, from a doctor in Israel. Can get that a little bit. Thank you very much. Uh, the Israeli government decided over the weekend the third COVID shot will be available immediately for the entire population, and COVID passport, the green pass that they have, will be revoked for those without the third shot. So if you have two shots, you are now unvaccinated in Israel. And this doctor Eli David said, coming soon to your country. You know, is it interesting that you use the word available? Available. If you like it, come in. It's, it's, it means we have it and we're coming for you. Yeah. You yeah. Know, if not, you're going to be in big, big trouble. Um, you know, it's just, just how ridiculous it is. And that is how, why do people concede so much power uh, to a government that has no interest in protecting their liberties and incapable of, of providing their welfare benefits and incapable of keeping out of fighting nonsense wars. Why do they have so much trust in the government? So, uh, yes, they say, well, people can't govern themselves. There's a lot of people who can't govern themselves. But I tell you what, self-government is a lot better than authoritarian government of the few against the many and that's really the problem and that's why you have marxists in the congress and marxists taking over countries complacency with the people probably is the biggest problem we have to face and we see in places like israel that has taken a very authoritarian approach it doesn't look like it's working too well the numbers i think they had the highest infection rate in the world or close to it these past few days it's not working well uh, but if you look at other countries that have handled it differently, and there are some, and there are some that are now handling it differently, and in fact, let's go to that next clip, because this is from the Ministry of Health in Denmark. They made a big decision over the weekend. If we have that next clip, we can put up. 
This is from the uh, Ministry of Health of Denmark. The government will not extend the categorization of COVID-19 as a socially critical disease in Denmark. And what that means, although they have not done extremely well in terms of freedom, not like their close neighbor, Sweden, uh, they have recognized, I think, the great success of Sweden where people have not been dying for a long time. They had the so-called Delta go through without a big effect because they had achieved natural immunity and maybe some vaccine immunity, what have you. So Denmark is now going by way of Sweden and that is an important juxtaposition with Israel, which has taken the opposite approach to very, very clearly not successful results. So there is another way of, of doing things and it looks like Denmark is going down that path, which is good. And we have um, the next clip which kind of, I think, bolsters our point, if we can put that up. This is from Bloomberg, and again, here we go with mainstream media starting to question the narrative. People who recovered from a bout of COVID-19 during one of the earlier waves of the pandemic appear to have a lower risk of contracting the Delta variant than those who got two doses of the vaccine from Pfizer. This is not Ron Paul saying it. This is Bloomberg, so don't blame us. Oh, boy, we're influencing them when we didn't even realize it. <laughs> but slow but sure, one person at a time, get converted. But, you know, uh, the, uh, Fauci still gets in the news, yeah. as usual. I hear a little thing here where Dan Fylon appeared on CNN's State of the Union calling, going after Berenson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy, what a mistreated person. Comments that the vaccine uh, effort is a scam. Uh, and, and uh, Fauci t uh, uses the word, what uh, Berenson was, is horrifying, horrifying. Can't think of anything worse. And yet, I bet, I'll bet if we work real hard and look through all of this material he's put out over the last year or so, we could probably find, uh, you know, if we find 5%, he was absolutely correct on, we could pull this out, Here's, here's Fauci's position. I say, when did he say that? But no, 95% of the time, he might, I don't even know what his strategy is. Uh, you, you tell me what his strategy is. Why does, why does he do that where he actually makes common sense and, and agrees with us on something? And then at the same time, uh, you, you know he doesn't believe it or understand it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Berenson, and it's very important. We have an article up on ronpaulinstitute.org. He has been now permanently banned from Twitter you say, oh, is he a crazy anti-vaxxer? Does he believe you should eat bugs, you know, for COVID? No, he is a reporter and he simply reported some facts that were inconvenient. But the real irony of the whole thing that happened to him, it used to be, and remember we talked about this, you could get kicked off of social media if you disagree with the CDC because that's the science. Well, what Berenson did is simply quote the CDC. This, it was Walensky herself that said that vaccines no longer prevent transmission of the disease and also that the effectiveness, the efficacy does wane over time. The CDC itself said that. He repeated that in a tweet and was banned for good. You, you talk about inconsistency, bizarre. Bizarre. And if people are looking and their, their goals are, uh, are to make things confusing and complex and cause chaos in thinking and what they do, they do a pretty good job. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's the only way I can understand it. They, they, they can't be serious about this. I mean, they're, they're there to tear things down and to enhance the power of the state. And uh, unfortunately, the people have been lulled to sleep. They're sound asleep. Not all of them, yeah. because uh, we, we know a bunch of good people. Yes. And, uh, 
and, and they are waking up. And also, I don't lose sleep over it because I still know, as a fact, that it's a minority of leadership on the far left in the Marxist movement that influenced the mob. Yeah. And, and they've been, had access to social media and whatnot. We should learn from that and say that if our message get out and other people who agree, and we're not alone on this, there are other people putting a lot of material out there, and that's why I think on the surface it looks uh, just terrible. There's no way we can overcome the power and the control that the authoritarians have and the Marxist movement have. Uh, I, I don't believe that. I believe that there are people out there just waiting, waiting for somebody to step forward, and that has happened. We've seen. We've seen some meetings. Yeah. One guy comes up. Yeah. He stands up and he he's irate and he it was his purpose of his whole life. This is enough, folks. Yeah. And gives a great speech. And you know it's not a, a red speech. And nobody told him what to say. Yeah. It from came, the heart. He came yeah. from his heart and his brain. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, and I think there's a lot of that out there. So all I can say to our viewers and other people and our friends is look for the moment and speak up it's there's always risk but the risk of not doing anything is pretty great as well it's pretty great and you know we have a small short excerpt from uh, helen andrews she has a great piece in the american conservative about we must resist the vaccine passports <laughs> and we have a little excerpt on the ron paul institute site that people can go and read uh, but she says this has got to be the red line if we wait until it's implemented it'll be too late to fight it and she also very encouragingly cites several times where companies and local governments have backed down when people have stood up. And that's a good sign. I'm going to skip these next clips that I have, and I'm just going to go to a couple of videos because we want to end with some good news, and that is that people are standing up all over the place. And I'm just going to ask our audience to bear with us because our, our poor man behind the screen is going to be loading a few of these uh, as we go. And just watch a couple of clips from these, from these uh, a couple of these clips from Twitter. Uh, videos of protests over the weekend, if we can get some of those queued up. Now, this is Switzerland. The Swiss have turned out, they said, no vaccine mandate, no vaccine passport. Thousands and thousands of Swiss. Let's move on to the next one. And this is uh, New York City, of all places, Dr. Paul. This is a good sign, New York City. Hundreds and hundreds of people marching through New York saying, no way, in the vaccine passport. And I tell you what, if they stop going to every single business, like the French do, they're having dinner outside the restaurants instead of inside, and the French restaurants are getting really upset. That's what it's up. Let's go to the next one if we can. And here is Paris. <laughs> thousands and thousands and thousands. This is weeks and weeks and weeks all through France protesting the vaccine passport. Let's look at the next one. Uh, this is Italy. The same scene. Hundreds of thousands of people. No green pass. Look at this. This is worldwide and the media is totally silencing this. You will not see this on the mainstream media. And let's go to the next one. I think this might be... Let's see what this next one is. Uh, we've seen that one. That's Italy. Let's go to the next clip if we can. Now, this is the UK. And this, the funny thing is, on this police car, it says to protect and serve. This are police launching an attack dog on a protester protesting vaccine mandates. So to protect the health of this protester, they're having a dog 
rip him to shreds. That makes a lot of sense, right, Dr. Paul? Anyway, we can cut that. That's, we can get rid of that one. That's, that is sick. It's sick. Okay, so well, I'm basically done tomorrow. I guess we'll be one of our last live shows before we head out to Washington, D.C. Um, I don't know that there are any tickets left, but we have a biggest audience ever, Dr. Paul, and we're all very excited about having our conference in D.C., so crossing our fingers. <laughs> you know, your, your, your uh, videos, the show, you know, the resistance and the building up, and, and it's just not 10 people. <laughs> it's like a million people, and, uh, and I'm, I'm sure there's many that we haven't been able to capture because it's happening all the time. Uh, but the perceptions aren't there. You mentioned it's not on the, it's not on the regular media, so people uh, don't know this. Um, it reminds me of the famous quote that I've used many times. A lot of people like it. Uh, you, you know, uh, ideas can't be stopped. You know, when the time has come, and it looks by for those people, the time has come. You know, to speak up. And those policemen with the dogs—they're the idiots. Yeah. They're the, they have been in prison. They've been in prison with these ridiculous ideas, and they are the contributors uh, to the destruction of society. So they—they they are in prison, and yet they all right now still have authority over people. They still have the police dogs and the guns. But I tell you what—they can't stop an idea whose time has come. And the idea right now is people are more every day demanding their freedom back again, which is a natural thing. It shouldn't surprise us. It's a shame that we act surprised and very pleased. That should be a natural thing, but it just happens that throughout all of history that uh, there's always a few that gain the, uh, the authority to take power and control over other people and they get away with it. But it's the biggest reason for that is because people come apathetic. They need to be awakened. And boy, those shots that Daniel just showed us, people are waking up, and that is, uh, that is uh, good news. So please show those, uh, video, our video and those pictures around, you know, and say, don't be despondent. There's a lot of people. But I don't, I don't think we have quite those crowds. We do have them here. And I love it when they go to a ballpark and nobody has a mask on. No, if you just overwhelm them, uh, resist, you know, peacefully, and, uh, and, and it will have an influence. So that is what we're facing. I think we are seeing just the beginning of the turning of the tide. But eventually, if we keep up the momentum, we will become more free again. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.